Uh, as we meet this morning, I want to take a few minutes to uh, share with you a little story. Uh, it's from, a, I guess, a biography I've been reading about recently about a man, he's a, a monk who lived about 500 years ago. Now, as a young man, he was very devoted, and uh, as you'll see, he was almost to a fault. The story goes that he was so fixated on his unworthiness before God that he became obsessed with confessing every single sin that he could bring to mind. And in keeping with church tradition that the church he belonged to, he did not confess his sins directly to God, but to a, a human confessor. And that's relevant because it said that this monk once confessed for six consecutive hours, confessing every conceivable sin and delving deeply into each and every sin. And needless to say, he probably drove his human confessor to destruction. <laughs> the story goes on to suggest that this young monk was determined to get to the bottom of it all. But as the storyteller author pointed out quite astutely, I think, the problem was that there was no bottom, because we were and we are sinful <coughs> all the way down. We'll never be able to remove our sinfulness on our own. And to make things worse for this young monk, this devoted monk, we believe that God was still a very harsh judge who condemned us very fiercely, very severely. I think it was last week when Tim told us the story about another young man who lived about 1,500 years earlier. You might recall, this was the rich young man who met with Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. This young man asked Jesus what it would take to achieve eternal life. Jesus replied that he should keep the commandments. The man, very proudly perhaps, answered that he kept the commandments and asked what else he could do. Jesus told him that he should sell everything that he owned and give the money to the poor and then follow him. And the story continues, as we know, the young man went away very sad because he had many possessions. So here we have the story of two young men, both of them who at least initially, I think, seemed to miss out on Jesus' message of redemption. Now, the young monk went on to, in life, to become uh, very well-versed in Scripture. And, of course, he would become uh, very much a thorn in the side of the church establishment. He would, of course, come to know what Jesus said to his followers after the young man left. And more generally, he would know about the good news of Jesus Christ. What the rich young man failed to understand was that while it's hard for a rich man to enter heaven, God will admit us to his kingdom if we have faith in Christ and put no other gods above him. So, as we prepare ourselves to take these symbols of sacrifice before us, let's be reminded that the message is ultimately one of grace. The God we know is a God who judges us, yes, but he's also a God of great love and mercy. 
I'd like to close by reading a passage from uh, Paul's letters to the Ephesians. And something I don't do very often is I read, uh, I'm reading some from the message, a different language that sometimes is a, is a good thing. How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He is the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we are free people. Free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds. And not just barely free, either abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all up before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven. Everything on planet Earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everyone and everything. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This statement from God is the first installment on what is coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life.